Welcome back to the Granite Zero podcast. Before we kick this podcast off, I want to talk to you about CBD. Now, CBD is scientifically proven to help with mental health, to help with pain in your muscles, joints, ligaments, the lot. I use Kent CBD. Not only do I use the actual CBD oil, which helps in my mental health, my anxiety, my depression, even helps with my sleep. But I also use the muscle rub. Now, I use the muscle rub because my ankles, well, basically are made of glass and are in shit state. Um, so I use them to help with the inflammation within my ligaments in my ankles. I use it on my knees to help my knee joints. And it is just superb. And what I'm going to do for you, because I'm a nice guy, and I like giving you guys stuff. I like to give you 10% off all products at Kent CBD. All you got to do is put the promo code in Granite Zero. Now that's hard, isn't it? All you got to do is put the promo code Granite Zero in at checkout and get yourself 10% off. Fuck, I'm good to you. But joining me today on the Granite Zero podcast is a US Marine veteran, a registered nurse, a cannabis advocate. And just an overall great person, an amazing chat. Fantastic episode. So welcome to the Granite Zero podcast, Cassie Dickajan. Check it out. Cassie, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. On this early morning for you. Yes, it is a little early over here, but I'm used to it. That's madness. If someone said to me, do you fancy doing a podcast at half six on a Sunday morning? I'd go, uh, no. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Not happening. No, well, my motto is I never turn down an opportunity unless my gut tells me to. But uh, I didn't get that feeling from you, so here I am. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that as a compliment. But thank yeah. you very much for coming on. I first um, heard you chatting to Brian on the I Got Your Six podcast, and I was mm-hmm. very intrigued, very impressed, and I was like, I'm, g- I'm going to worm my way into the DMs on this one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it was really good. It was quite eye-opening as well, because obviously I come from a military background myself, and uh, I heard you talking about um, wanting to go in the infantry first. And obviously when when I joined, I was in the infantry. I was in the uh, British infantry. And at that time, there was no females in. However, the doors are now open for everybody to to rock up and have a go now. So, uh, yeah... So you went, you went on and did a, was it helicopter technician or something like that, wasn't it? 
I, I did helicopter technician, yes. Um, obviously, yes, like you said, I wanted to be infantry um, initially, but it wasn't open to women. To women. And as you might've heard on Brian's podcast, I kind of have mixed feelings about it just because of military culture and having yeah, yeah. a small amount of women as it is. And then the smallest percentage that would actually make it into the infantry and be an effective person to fight next to. Yeah. Right. So it, it's very hard as a woman that wanted to be in to also, I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want to get slandered for this, but to support women, because I want to make sure that no matter what, who's there is supposed to be there. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. I agree. And I, I've, I've said it. We used to watch a, um, me, me and the missus used to watch uh, a program uh, on, on telly. It's called uh, SAS Who Dares Wins. Mm. And they started letting female contestants go on there because they've now opened up the role for women in the special forces, women in the infantry, in all roles, which I'm all for. I said it, I said it to my missus that all the time. I went, as long as they can stay to the standard and carry the same weight, do exactly the same job, why the fuck not? But it, it's when they start saying little things like, oh, we'll just cut down the weight. It's like, well, wh why are you changing the standards? That, that's, no. that's what I was always afraid of. I don't think they did. Um, my regiment was actually the first to have a female in the... Oh, interesting. In, in the infantry. I actually asked her to come on the podcast. She refused. Bit rude. <laughs> bit, bit, bit rude. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm, I'm all because for it. Her own battles going on right now. <laughs> she'd yeah. have probably, she'd yeah, have probably exactly. got. Shit. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I have a daughter. I'm, I'm pro women. Um, but at the same time, I've worked with a lot of women, and I know that some think that equality means that they're allowed in, but as at a woman's standard. And I'm sorry, that's just not the case, especially when you're trying to be a force of nature and you're trying to be um, lethal, you know? Yeah. Everybody needs to be on the same page. You can't lower the weight. You need to be able to carry your own weight. You should actually be able to carry a little bit more weight because I'm sorry, we have something to prove. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. what I always kind of carried myself is yeah. that, you know, I would look at who was next to me and I'd, you know, what are they doing and how can I do it better? Because they're going to be looking at me twice as hard. You know, they're going to be scrutinizing every little move I make. So I need to be that much better so that I can at least blend in as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that you find that even even with uh, men going into the infantry as well. I, I found it was a lot easier if you were what we would call the gray man, mm. where you didn't over excel. Yes. And you didn't underachieve. You were just in the middle because yeah. you, you got left the fuck alone. Yeah, absolutely. It was <laughs> slightly different when you're um, when you're actually on unit. You, you can you can let your personality come out and be a bit more of a uh, yourself. But during training, I, I found that like <laughs> I, I can speak from experience. Here. I was a bit of um, I was a bit shit in in the in in the block. Like ironing and fucking get my boots polished and shit like that. I was more of a, um, you know uh, I, I was more of a, <laughs> a on exercise soldier. I was better out in the field than I was in the block. Absolutely. So I was always constantly targeted because, well, my uniform was in shit state. It was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to get kicked out of training because I'm shit at ironing a fucking shirt. It's ridiculous. But a few of my friends sort of, uh, 
pass under the radar because they were just so great. He was like, yeah. well, one of, one of my close mates, Chris, he's been on the podcast quite a few times. I was like, I don't even remember you being on my basic training, but you were there. And he was like, well, this happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the, the less they know your name, the better off you are. Yeah. But also on the other flip side, you know, I'm always one to kind of push myself to the max. So as much yeah, as I'll get that. stay under the radar, you just, you know, you kind of go in and give your hundred percent and whatever that, wherever that leaves you. Yeah. Yeah. You should, well, you should always, I'm not, I'm not saying people should like not try because they don't <laughs> want to get found out, but it, you, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So and an actual, a previous guest no, that I've had I on, what you mean. Yeah. A, pre- a previous guest I had on, um, Liz Carmouche was a similar unit to you, I believe. She was U.S. Marines. I'm pretty sure she worked on helicopters as well. U.S. Marines, yeah. Well, that's. Um, I mean, for females, there's not a lot of options for actual jobs. I mean, they like to put us a lot in admin. Yeah. Um, a lot of support, a lot of supply. Um, when you hear it, when you hear it that way, it sounds very sexist. In that in that way, it's like, yeah. what 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 are you going to do with a with a female? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put her in admin because women make really good receptionists. <laughs> it's like what they've joined the military to be in the military. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like they went over. We we take a test called the ASVAB, and that's kind of like yeah. how you get your job placement in the U.S. military. I'm not sure if you guys have something very similar. similar very similar. Um, yeah, very similar. So you get your test results back, and you're sitting there with the recruiter. And they have all of my jobs that I was able to have open. And then, you know, all of a sudden you see like big red X's like, oh, you're a female, can't go here. You're a female, yeah. can't go here. And I'm like, well, I could either pack parachutes or turn wrenches. So uh, <laughs> I went. Yeah, with, uh, so, so I, was in a, well, I, was, I was in a similar situation. So when I did my my aptitude test and things like that, same sort of thing. I had a big list. Um, I, I was in the Air Force, so I had quite a big list of all these things I wanted to do. Originally, I wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps. I wanted to be a, a personal, a, well, physical training instructor, a PTI, okay. and, then, and then specialize as a jump instructor. Exactly the same as my dad. People say I'm turning into him anyway, but that's by the by. Um, but that's what I wanted to do. I messed out on that by, I think, two marks on the aptitude test. Mm. I had a massive list of all these other opportunities that I could do. And I was like, oh, that one will do. I'll, I'll join the RAF regiment, the infantry. I'll do that. My dad was like, yeah. no. My dad was like, no, get a trade, become a Absolutely. MT technician, do something, get a trade. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, if I'm not going to do that, I want to do that. Yeah, he, exactly. he, he, was, he was not happy with me. He was like, you're joining the infantry. You're going to be part of the, you're just mud on the bottom of people's boots. I was like, well, I've been like that for the whole life. So might as well carry it on. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what they told me too. Is that, you know, when I was kind of still processing the fact that, you know, because up until that point, hey, we I was, it was it was 2008 when I joined, so I, I felt like like Same. pretty progressive. Yeah, so it was um you know my parents always raised me that I could do anything I set my mind to. So this was the first time I really heard no. Yeah, and it was not out of my control. There was nothing I could study for. There was nothing I could work harder for. It was just you are female and you're not allowed. And so as I was processing that, they were trying to like you know, you don't want to go there anyway. You're you're going to be, you're not going to come out with any skills. You're going to be lost. But the whole reason that I joined is because I have this innate feeling that I need to fight, fight for something. I don't know what it is. I have this fire inside of me and, and I want to contribute. 
yeah. I didn't get to contribute in the way that I wanted. So I listened to everybody's advice and I took a, I took a trade. I took a skill, which I don't regret. Yeah. I, I was going to say that's a, that's a good thing to have at the end of the day. And I, know, I know you're doing something slightly different now, which we'll get onto in a second, but yeah, but that was a big worry for my dad was when I left the air force, I didn't have anything to fall back on, which is, mm -hmm technically true because I, I went in as the infantry i came out and i basically became a security guard um i've now gone into management but yeah, that's how that's sure. it's like what do i do when i leave it's like Absolutely. i've got i've got no skills i'll do i'll do the closest thing as i can to no what skills. i was doing no skills though they say no skills because there's not really a civilian yes there's no civilian equivalent it was but, either but, i could have joined the police i suppose but as we as we know i can't i can't spell um, <laughs> um, my, my surname is a little bit difficult <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get onto your surname in a second because that's a big <laughs> elephant in the room. um but yeah it's, it's it's good to it's good to have a trade and uh and any sort of skills but what you can do is adapt what you've learned there we go yeah into into what you what you do now you know Absolutely. I mean? So like what I what I would say is, you know, obviously I've never been infantry, but if you know, I was talking to anybody in infantry, I'm I'm pretty good with a resume and I'm pretty good with marketing myself job wise, is that you can take the skills that you learn skills, but you have leadership, you have team management, you have all of these other things that translate into a resume and make you marketable for an employer. So yeah, just yeah. to say that you were infantry doesn't mean that you don't have life skills. You have more life skills than half the people out there. You have life experience, which is something that you can't teach people. So no, totally, for me, totally. that's kind of been my motto is that even if I'm applying for a job that I'm not qualified for, I have all of this skill set right here that shows me that I can do that job probably just as well once I get up on the training. Yeah, yeah. So here's one because I obviously I heard you talking to to Brian on the on the thing and um I just wanted to because we had a, a a similar sort of situation where you you said you were one of the only females to go onto your unit is that correct or have I just completely bro science that up? Uh, very few, yeah. There's like a handful. Yeah. No, there's a there's a handful. I could probably count my hands how many you know. Yeah. We so have a, you know, a so so what would happen like on our unit because we are well. 99.9 percent .9 male occasionally we would have a, a medic when we're getting ready to deploy that would be a female or we would have again an admin clerk or, or something like that and i, I don't want to like assume anything but for us it was like flies around shit like oh my god we've got a woman <laughs> it, like she 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 could be she could have fallen from like the ugly tree and hit every branch but it didn't matter because everybody would be around there it's like come on Absolutely. you can't you like you'd have you'd have the married blokes that would be like can you just leave her alone like yeah <laughs> like yeah, did you did was, you have uh, a do you have the similar sort of thing did you or is it oh, different because for, you had for sure uh, yeah any i can tell you that any female in the military we're just a minority straight off the bat you know yeah. i don't care you, you have 10 women or two women in the unit um you're all getting treated the same because there's still just such a larger ratio it's got to be at least eight i would say 95 percent male five percent women you know and that's in a in a unit that's used to having females in it so they would literally 
they literally smell us coming. And, <laughs> and I would actually watch, I would watch it happen. And, and the woman wouldn't even have to be wearing perfume. They could literally smell the shampoo. Like it, it yeah. was actually a, a phenomenon. They would, and they would sniff when she would walk by. So that's just like a, uh, a small tidbit, but yeah, they, um, they would flock like flies to shit. Uh, they yeah. would be able to, they didn't care what you looked like as long as you had all the parts that they wanted. They yeah. wanted to talk to you. They wanted to um, be around you. They wanted to try whatever they could with you um, to the point where, you know, I'm very comfortable with eating alone. Uh, yeah. I've been alone for most of my own, my whole life. And um, I would have to tell people to leave my table because I was so yeah. comfortable eating alone that people saw it as an invitation to come sit with yeah, me. They, yeah, lady on <laughs> her own. Do, 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 do you can I come and join you? Hey, how about you go and play a nice game of hide and go fuck yourself? I'm, I'm yeah, eating alone. Exactly, exactly. They look at yeah. me and be like, oh, what nationality are you? And as in the nationality of being left alone, please leave me alone. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was one thing. Another thing was, another phenomenon that I see with women is that if you're too attractive, people don't respect you. If you're not attractive enough, people don't respect you. So you kind of have to find that middle ground where you're not, um distracting but at the same time you're not terrible to look at yeah 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 i get you yeah um, so i spent a lot of my time kind of trying to walk that tightrope i spent a lot of my time not wearing makeup because they would think that i put it on for them or yeah. um but also trying to keep myself in shape and looking nice because if i was too ugly then yeah yeah it, it, it's, an, but, it's unfortunate. but also it's for your self-esteem as well you don't want to go well i'm going to ugly myself down today oh, like, absolutely not but I don't, yeah yeah survival though also survival yeah but it's also the, the that crazy thing isn't it it's like if a pretty girl smiles at you like hold on is she is she flirting with me yeah. or <laughs> do, do, do i give her a wink back or something um, but I'm, to be fair, I've never been in that situation be <laughs> <laughs> never been in that situation <laughs> I'm socially awkward. So if someone did that with me, I'll be like, all right, and then carry on walking. <laughs> all the best people are, though. Yeah. Ones. But uh, I had a motto that I kind of came up with when I was in is that you could either, you, you know, they, they viewed you as either three types when you were a female. You were either a lesbian, which then they kind of left you alone, but then they were a little bit intrigued, but mostly left you alone. Yeah. Um, you were a total cunt. Sorry for the language. But no, no, I love that. See, <laughs> yeah. bomb all you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you had to be ruthless. Yeah. Or, you know, if you showed any kind of friendly demeanor, you were automatically a slut. Because if you had any kind of friendly conversation, if you were smiling and laughing with somebody, yeah. you were automatically sleeping with them because perception is reality. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as a, I, I was 17 years old when I joined. I came from the mountains um pretty much the Appalachian Mountain Trail I lived in New Jersey but it was up in um the boondocks so I was pretty sheltered from the intentions of males I really didn't know about the world think about it 17 years old going in I yeah yeah know. yeah yeah that's a hell of a shock big shock yeah. factor for you <laughs> is it is it <laughs> yeah. I had no idea about people about men about life yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I just had to turn into that fun. And then that weighs on your soul too, because then everybody thinks you're a poisonous bitch that's walking around, but 
at the same time, at least you leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, you perfected the rest in bitch face, as they say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really resting, very active, but <laughs> <laughs> just very active, active bitch face. <laughs> yeah, active bitch face all the time. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hey, just leave me, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And it's, I found, well, I say I found it worse. I've never experienced any of that. But when I, um, when we went out on tour for my third tour, we were actually attached to, um, or attached with the U S Marines. And there was always different rumors about, uh, ladies being like, sorry, this could be a triggering subject for some people if they're listening, getting like, yeah, getting promiscuous. But then there's, um, others that like literally were raped. Like it's, it's fucking madness. And it's like, you're out in a fucking war zone. Absolutely. A woman doesn't need to be going out on a fucking jog or whatever around camp with a high vis belt on and then getting pulled into a mm. fucking van. It's like, fuck, how, how does that even happen? It's, but it does, clearly. It does. Um, so, you know, I, I was quite obviously I wasn't in a combat role because I wasn't allowed to be. Um, so yeah. when I was in country, I was in Afghanistan. Um, I'll be honest, I was less afraid of, you know, enemy fire and and yeah. then i was just the marines and other you know soldiers that were on the base yeah, yeah um yeah just because and i'm not even talking about in my own unit i pretty much knew a lot of people in my own own unit and who to watch out for. i'm talking about people that other people that were there. yeah 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 i'll get that other yeah. people that started to know your routine because i'm sorry there's no many places you can go no no exactly you work at 6 a.m they see you walking home at you know at a certain point and um they just get to know your routine. So when I would go into the shower, a lot of the showers would be unlocked. So there's no way to stop from men from coming in. We would bring yes, our rifles yes. with us. But I mean, it's just, it's just something you would look out for. You would hope that somebody, another female is on your unit and you can kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get, get a buddy, buddy system. Yeah. 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 But unfortunately there wasn't a lot of camaraderie through the females. They kind of taught that it was kind of more, unfortunately a, a competition based. And, and for me, it wasn't competition based on, um, male attention it was it was my job if i didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Good at your job, i didn't really want to you know yeah i get that i get that yeah which, which is a crazy thing compared to the the male side because it because it, it literally is like inverted commas brother a brotherhood like you look yeah. out for your mate you're looking out for even if he's not your close mate but still you're on the same unit with buddies where i'm looking out for you whatever but it's like there's a different sort of competitiveness within within females, whether it's for attention, not for attention, doing better at your job. Yeah, you know, it, it's absolutely because they would pit you against each other. You know, when a new female would be coming into the shop, they'd be like, "Oh, are you nervous? What am I nervous about?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does she know? Does she know what I'm doing right now? No, no, she hasn't got a clue. Cool, I'm, We're good. I'm happy. So you yeah. guys can drool over her and I can go back out to the aircraft and just be left the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, I can actually do my job. She, she can yeah. be the distraction for you. Cheers, easy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the big question I always get from a lot of civilians um, when they find out that I'm in the military, they, they always think, oh, you, they must have taken such great care of you. It's a brotherhood. They're looking out for you. And I was like, these... I had a couple of brothers that definitely looked out for me. Um, yeah, yeah. That's probably why I've made it through. But... Uh, without you know terrible incidents but um for the majority no they are not looking out for you 
And I will tell you, they do not like hearing no. Um, that's, that's for a fact. Not many men do like hearing no, but when you take 18 year old guys, you deprive them of women and yeah. you pretty much make them think that they're gods and killing machines, which is what the Marine Corps does. Yeah. There's a lot of testosterone flying around. A lot of testosterone, a lot of, I would say entitlement almost that, you know, yeah, how, I get that. How I get you that. No? you're not even that pretty. Look at you. you you're uh, not even that fit. You're not even that whatever. Yeah. You know, that was the first thing. So they would cut down your self-esteem. And then if they were really threatened, they would spread rumors. And, and once one rumor got to, like gets out, it's yeah, game doesn't, over for you. Doesn't, doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. No, it's a very small community. So people would know you before you even got to the base. So it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It That happens all, all through even the British forces. Oh, yeah. We we had we had a, a medic whose nickname was Noddy because yeah. nodding her head a lot. Um, we won't go into too much detail on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she 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 enjoyed going to infantry units. Put it that way. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, very very shit at her job, but good at other things. Apparently, <laughs> that's the that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um. Easy to get promoted. What? Who said? <laughs> who said that? Nah, I'm joking. Um, but one thing I do want to touch on because I'm actually quite intrigued on how you got into um, cannabis and the stuff around cannabis. Mm. Excuse me. <coughs> Personally, I use CBD oil because, mm. well, I use it to help with uh, my mental health. But I also use different muscle balms. That they that they've produced, yeah. especially the company that I use, because let's face it, my ankles, my knees, my back, all the joints yeah. from carrying fucking ridiculous <laughs> weight, carrying ridiculous weight, but now carrying my own ridiculous weight. I use it because it helps with inflammation. It helps lower my my stress levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But have you have you always been intrigued by it, or have you? Because obviously, you can't use it while you're in the military. As in cannabis. Actually, the funny thing is, is that before, when I was in high school, I didn't touch it. You know, I was really big into sports and, you know, I was athletic and I thought that everybody that smoked weed was a loser. Because society told me they have no ambition, they have no nothing. Um, Then I went in and I was stationed in California and I was kind of around for California to do the whole medical card movement and starting to see how legalization kind of started to look and you started seeing professionals that would do it and I thought that was interesting and I was definitely starting to struggle with my own mental health issues a lot of anxiety um just from you know being in the military you just have anxiety as it is you know yeah yeah yeah. Um, they just create that in you because you can't be late you can't be shitty you're just always looking after your back so then you add that's my main one is is lateness oh it gets yeah my my chest tightens I you know I literally have sweats um even to this day I pace yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I started to feel that. Then you had a couple traumatic experiences on top of it and just the burdens of everyday life. And of course, with the military, heavy drinking. Yep. Um, what everybody used to kind of escape. And that just messes with your body chemistry as it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's mad, isn't it? Because that is the worst thing you could really do. Absolutely. It, and that's what's legal. Drink- and that's what's, you know, celebrated. Yeah. 
it's it's like like I, I still do it now. I, I'll go. I'll I'll meet up with the lads and we'll go for a drink and end up having a couple too many. It feels good at the time, and then in the morning you're like, oh fuck me. What did I do? Absolutely. But but, but also you feel good when you're doing that. But if you if you a bit like me, I suffer quite badly with depression. So if I start drinking too much, then oh, yeah. then my my little demon starts to pop out and go, Are you okay? Do you remember me or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your serotonin goes way down. Everything else comes way up. Yeah, yeah. Which is is why I started using CBD. Um, I haven't actually started smoking uh, cannabis or anything like that because it's still technically illegal over here, I think, unless it's Mm -hmm. medically prescribed. Although one of my neighbours, he blazes that shit up and it smells delicious. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I come out of my I came out of my uh, my shed the other day after doing a, a podcast and I was like it smells like Amsterdam. It's like yeah, nice, nice deep breath in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like it's, right? it's I, I I always say it every time I do it, even if I'm on my own, I go, "You gonna share that?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I get I I get no response. I'm like, "God no, damn it!" Absolutely not. Nobody wants to share. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're not supposed to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so yeah, so I was, I was especially towards the end. I was drinking a lot, and then I started getting to the point where, anytime I would drink, I would black out. And then that's when I noticed that, and you know, I didn't notice in the moment, but I would be told the next day that all of my repressed emotions would be coming out. I'd be yelling about things that I haven't thought about in years. Yeah. I would actually think that people that were in front of me were other people from my past and just, you know, I'd just be a lunatic, um, to be honest, while I was drinking. So then I stopped drinking. Um, I was getting through the process of getting out of the military, right? Um, And then I really didn't start delving into cannabis. You know, I I dabbled here and there when I was out, but it was, it was illegal. Um, and then I ended up pregnant with my daughter and I, I gave birth to her and I was struggling with postpartum. And yeah. I just, you know, then I was, you know, add that on top of all the other stuff that I'm dealing with. Yeah, and, that's, a, that's a hell of a cocktail you've got there. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, you know, estrogen's a hell of a drug. I don't know. What the, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, I, you know, I just felt a little bit out of control. And at the time, I live in New York. I, I'm in New York City. I live in Brooklyn. Um, so at the time, the medical cards were able to be distributed for, they opened up for PTSD and obviously pain management. Um, so I started going through the VA system and I started working on my medical card and I ended up getting certified in the state of New York. I was like, here I am, I'm legal because we haven't touched on it yet, but I'm a registered nurse. So yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously as a mother and a registered nurse, I felt like I had a lot, a lot to lose going into cannabis. So I was a yeah. little bit in the closet, so to speak. Um, but that's kind of how I started getting into it. And I was like, well, it's, it's kind of unfair that people can go home and slam a whole bottle of wine and it's laughable. Yeah. But for me to have a few puffs to sleep at night is, is unfortunately it, it, it's, it's mad, isn't it? How they demonize okay. different things. And a lot of it goes down to, well, obviously the, the government and how, how they make money off different things. So obviously they're not making money off cannabis. But they do from because yes, it's not taxable. They yeah, can put it into yeah, the exactly. So it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You can, and you can go I'm and confused. go and drink your Jack, your your bottle of Jack Daniels. That's fine. Go in and kill yourself with that. But Absolutely. the stuff that actually yeah, can that. physically make you better, oh, you can't have that. No. No, no, absolutely not. What do you think you're doing with your life? You can't carry on a normal life being a drug addict. You know. Meanwhile, but you have yeah. all these antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. It's like it's like you said. Um, it was sort of demonized when you were like growing up in like we call it secondary school, high school. Mm-hmm. Like you'd you'd have your. I well, I was I had quite a vast circle of friends, and a few of them were actually stoners. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you guys are just lazy, just getting yeah. baked all the time. It's like, but then you actually now fast forward into the future and you look at like people like Joe Rogan. For example, yeah. I always use Joe Rogan because he's the benchmark. He's the he's the hero of, my, of of podcasting. Podcast, oh, yeah. but, but but it's like you look at him and you're like, that guy loves fucking weed. He, yeah, he smokes and, it. And Even during highly yeah, successful. Yeah, he, he's a he's a physical unit as well. He's fifty plus years old. He looks mm-hmm. far better than most people but it's yeah it's, it's just mad how it's how it's how, how it's demonized it's just craziness like they did that on I, purpose obviously yeah, like you yeah. said for money yeah it is yeah and even even now if i if i managed to get some now it was like i wouldn't be able to tell like my parents because they still see it as a gateway yeah. drug or whatever it's like no no it's not absolutely do some research absolutely so i grew up actually i grew up watching my father do it but so my father um speaking on mental health was kind of yeah. he was diagnosed with bipolar um disorder All right. yeah didn't want to do anything about it you know he had a very traumatic childhood he was in the foster system um so he the only way he would manage it was smoking weed you know smoking cannabis mm. is what i um so I watched him do it, but at the same time, I wanted to be nothing like my father. So yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I always kind of associated the two together until I got older and I started having some, you know, feelings and, and issues of my own. And I was like, you know what, that makes sense. You know, even though he didn't want to be medicated and he didn't do any kind of correct treatment or any kind of therapy that I knew of at the time, um, that's how it made it livable. Yeah, if that's what you call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get, I get it, I get it. Yeah. And you touched on the the antidepressants and other pills and things like that. Oh yeah, well they love um, to, they love to. They do because uh, I, I got this. This is the crazy thing. So when I went to see my uh, my my GP um, to talk about my mental health issues that I've got, mm. I literally all I had to do was fill out this little form, and I was like, I could have just made that up. Absolutely. Like I, I didn't. I was completely honest when I was doing it because yeah. I because I I was in shit state. I was fucking having suicidal thoughts. I was fucking. Yeah, you don't have to make anything up. You got you're living it. <laughs> yeah, I was living it. And she went, oh, okay, I'm gonna prescribe you with, um, with with I can't remember what I was on. Sterilin, I think it's called. Um, oh yeah, sterilin. Yep. And I was on the highest dose that I could be on, and I was like, but you were very quick to go. I'll prescribe you with pills instead of. I will prescribe you with, how about you go and see this therapist? How about you do this? Absolutely. Because the reason why I stopped going to therapy was, one, it was too expensive and I couldn't afford it. Mm. And two, <laughs> I went to uh, two or three sessions. I got a lot of emotions out. I had a lot of tears. And I was like, well, I'm fixed now. I know what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> typical typical uh, former, or you could say veteran, was like, oh, I'm fixed now. I'm, I'm done. Cool. I wasn't. I was. I was All still in shit. I was still in shit state. This is my therapy now. Talking to people like you yeah. across the road, across the world, should I say? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I I did the wrong thing and went cold turkey with my antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I went well. I'm not That's taking hard. them anymore. Um, yeah, it was horrible as well because yeah. 
where where my antidepressants made me balanced I was also very numb I didn't have any feelings and I didn't like that I didn't like that feeling of I, I like to be as much of an in, introvert as I am I like to be able to feel things like if I'm watching a a a movie and it's sad I want to feel sad I don't want to just be sat there going oh and yeah. and silly little things like going through Instagram and going on reels and finding an annoying cunt that makes me angry. I like to be made angry. I'm a bit like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I like to be hang- I like to be angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, fuck this. I'm not taking them. And instead of weaning yeah. myself off, I went, I'm not taking them. And I was, mm. I went, I, I went on a huge downhill, and it was a scary one. Yeah. But eventually, I managed to sort my life out. Uh, I went and did another similar type of uh, therapy called inner armor which was mm-hmm. incredible um i've had al on the on the show a couple of times he's done the techniques with me to fix me you might say yeah, yeah. um just add tools to the bat belt but i use those sort of techniques i i take cbd oil and things like that and eventually i balance myself out occasionally i'll have a little blip but it's very few and far between now the recovery mm-hmm. process is going quite nicely and being able to sit and have a conversation with the likes of yourself, that helps. Because you can probably tell by the way I'm talking, I'm talking quite fast because I'm excited. Because I'm <laughs> because this is this is my happy place. This is where mm. I come and, and have good conversations. And I think I put it on on the little post that I put about having you on after you did that you shared it first. And I put mm. having conversations is a key, is one of the main keys to recovery. Absolutely. You you could literally talk about anything. We could we literally have been talking about military cannabis we're going to go on to your job now yeah in, in a second but it's just having a conversation and it's you just feel feel better about it and we're not yeah. sat occasionally yes i'll have a whiskey while i'm sat here but it's fucking 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning that's not going to happen um yeah. but you know we're not going into a, a deep state a dark state and it's 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 good i, I enjoy it yeah it's like, I, I'm a big believer in talk therapy, um, but you also, you have to be ready for it. And you have to find the right person that's going to be yes. there with you. Somebody that keeps taking you back to dark times and keeps making you relive memories when you're not ready is yeah. not going to be the person for you. You're not going to stick with it. You need yeah, somebody definitely. like you mentioned that's going to put tools in your belt so that when you have emotions, you can identify what you're feeling, what made you feel it. And then you can start to rationalize yourself out of, you know, that heightened state that you might be in for no reason, you know, for no reason, there's a reason for you. Yeah, everybody yeah. else on the outside is like, what are you, what are you getting so worked up about? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, definitely, so talking definitely. definitely helps. And, I, and I'm so happy to be here and that you uh, invited me to be part of your recovery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, it's taken, um, taking a long process with it. We're coming up to three years now of doing the podcast and yeah, it's just getting, just getting better and better. There's little things. I've now got lights in the shed, like proper lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's little things. Like I first started, I, rec- I was recording on my iPhone. And it was oh, literally, wow. and it was just like sat on the chair. And I've been talking. <laughs> but now I've got a fucking mic. I've got a Mac. It's, it's, yeah, the process is good. It's good. It's coming along. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. So your job now, you're, you're a registered nurse. Is it, mm. What sort of avenue in nursing it have you, have you gone down could i ask so i started off um very near and dear to the military um in a traumatic brain injury unit yes. that was my first experience I, I started off in traumatic brain injury spinal and stroke 
Um, so I had a lot of young guys with a lot of, you know, brain injuries. Now they weren't military related. Um, it was very emotionally heavy. Uh, it was I bet very it was. Hard to, um, to kind of go home every day and not carry that with me. But I, I felt for my patients and, and I kept showing up, but I ended up with, you know, I had my own back issues in the military. And I ended up actually, um, I was cleaning a patient and you can't always wait for a second hand because you're not going to let the patient sit in their own feces. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big believer treating them all like your family. I wouldn't let my brother sit there in his own feces. So um, I went to clean him and he was um, a very tall, tall man that had no ability to assist me. And I ended up herniating a disc so badly that I ended up with spinal stenosis and I ended up going out uh, for surgery for my back. Um, and this happened on February 27th of 2020. So I was literally out two weeks before COVID hit the States. Um, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise, but at the time I was pissed because here I am and I'm like, I missed my second fight. First yeah, time because yeah. I was a female, second time because, <laughs> <laughs> because of my spine. Yeah. Um, you know, and looking back on it, everything has its reasons and maybe I'm, I'm, I didn't get to my fight yet. Maybe it's still coming up. Um, but then I switched over into surgical because I needed something where I wasn't, you know, lifting people by myself and and yeah, yeah. and doing that. So um, I ended up going into plastic surgery. Um, so now I run an OR for uh, a surgeon in Manhattan. His name is Dr. Darren Smith. He's an excellent boss. I went through a whole range of, of surgeons before finding him. But um, the thing that I love about that more, you say you say plastic surgery, like, oh, it's, it's yes. real medicine. We're making boobs. We're making butts. But the thing I, I love about it most is, first of all, we're, we're, we're altering the human body. So there's something amazing about that. And plastic surgery was born in war. Yes. You know, all of the advancements that we have in plastic surgery are, think, are, are, are from World War II, World War I, Korea. You know, when we were going, when we were having trench warfare, we didn't know what to do with all these soldiers that were losing half of their face. Yeah, yeah. That's where the advancements of plastic surgery come in. And that's where, you know, my passion for the field kind of comes in. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, it's when if you said I'm a I'm a nurse, for plat it's like oh, so you're just making yeah, 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 you're, you're making really you're making girls' tits bigger. It's like well, yeah. we do more than that. We do yeah, we we do we do a lot more than that. And and with um the rise in plastic surgery right now because of COVID, everybody's able to kind of work from home, so they come and they get it. So now it's a lot more open to not just the rich upper upper class. We see people yeah. from all walks of life maybe doing some small adjustments, but it's still, you know, for me, uh, and, and this is probably a military trait, but I'm always preparing for the apocalypse. I'm always preparing. Yeah. For the <laughs> that, that's a Marine thing, I think. <laughs> that, that is a Marine thing. I'm always preparing <laughs> for the entire society to shut down and go to shit. And um, so I'm, I'm over here thinking, well, if I can get proficient in plastic surgery, I will be efficient in, in the apocalypse because you always need surgeons, you know. Yes, Although you do. I'm not a surgeon, but in an emergency situation, I would be able to fix lacerations. Yeah, you could, you could handle yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, again, uh, most people will go fucking doing tits, doing ass, doing yeah. all, doing all that. But people also forget about like burn victims and and oh yeah, like that. <laughs> or or if or if a, a gentleman has had a bar fight and he's had his nose caved in and it's plastered across his face, it's gonna be, you need it fixed. You need it fixed, yeah, and and you want a plastic surgeon because I'm sorry, I've seen I've seen uh, I've seen lacerations fixed in just a general emergency department, and you're not going to walk out looking too pretty. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, well, scarring as well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like 
it's crazy. It's crazy. But you've you've had surgery yourself, haven't you? From what I heard yeah. on going through your thing. Um, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. So aside from my back surgery, so going kind of back to I want these motherfuckers to leave me alone. Yeah. Um, I when I went in when I was seventeen, naive young girl. I was also very well endowed in the chest. I was probably about double D at the time, and that was definitely a factor into people wanting to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my nickname my nickname at the time was tits um so, so, so i I, <laughs> I could speak from experience so my my wife is very uh busty yeah. shall we say <laughs> um and I, i'm gonna quote one of your things that you said on uh i can't i don't know which i was scrolling for you at instagram and uh i i say it to the missus all the time because i i'm a boob guy i can't fuck it i'm not gonna say i'm not because I married a, my wife and she is large chested and she always, cause she, mo- she always moans about her back hurting because her tits are so big. Yeah. And she goes, Oh, if I could afford it, I'd get a breast reduction. And I always say, and I quote, cause I'm going to quote it from yours as well. Why would you want to do that? That's like slapping God in the face for yeah. giving you a perfect gift. <laughs> and I can, I'll hold my hands up. I've said that to her all the time Oh yeah. Um, because I'm like, well, I like them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little different when you're their partner, though. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get that. Yeah, I get that. I wouldn't say it to you, for example, no. and go, "Hey, Cassie, don't." Yeah, you're slapping God in the face. <laughs> Keep those. I know, I know, but uh, you have some claim to them. You did marry them, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take but, that. But for the men that have no claim to them, then it's a little bit off-putting when they would say something like that. Yeah, but, uh, I could, yeah, I could so, see that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, I also did suffer from back issues then too. So I did, I had a breast reduction at 20 and I was kind of like, ah, fuck you motherfuckers come at me now. Like, <laughs> um, but you know, it didn't stop them. It did deter them. I didn't, I, I lost a couple of the nicknames, which I love. Um, but you know, so then as if someone uh, just called you tits, probably 10 years later, <laughs> tits. no, that's what I was called. Hey tits, come here. You know? And then that was hey, always tits. my description, you know? You know the blonde girl with the big tits, you know. <laughs> yeah, my my wife used to get that. She used to get yeah. that. Yeah, and when you're trying to fly under the radar and uh, be that gray man, as you say, that, that that does not help. You know, yeah. you're a woman as it is, and then when you have features that people want yeah. to be around, then it it, it doesn't help. Um, okay. So the harassment kind of went down a little bit after after getting a reduction, but then, you know, I got out. I had my daughter, you know, I, at the time, and I think I mentioned this before, I wanted to be flat. I wanted to be, you know, pretty much just a step above a man um, because I wanted to be treated equally mm. because I was putting in equal, probably more effort than most of them, you know. And, um, but 10 years later, I had my daughter and I, and I did all of that. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. Um, I kind of want them back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, luckily in my line of industry, I was able to get my, uh, I was, so I, I got two surgeries. I got a breast reduction and then I got implants 10 years later. And I really honestly wouldn't do anything differently because it was all part of my process. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy, but, uh, that was also part of me reclaiming, reclaiming my femininity because that was something mm-hmm. I had to relearn too. I kind of had to relearn how to be a woman because I used to look down on people that wore makeup because in the military that was you wanting attention from men yeah yeah i, I understand that yeah yeah and obviously being in a male rich environment you tend to sort of adapt what they're 
like so you oh, what their standards are yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly because you never wanted to be the one that was worried you, you, about your yeah you're one, one of the guys you might want to yeah, say one of the guys, one of the that, the was guys. My, that was my goal It'd be one of the guys they would tell me the most disgusting stories and <laughs> even if they made me uncomfortable or even if i didn't want to hear them i would just kind of sit there and be a part of the conversation because what am i going to go do sit in the corner it's all of yeah. them <laughs> yeah, all yeah talking so i'm either going to ostracize myself and be that girl or i'm just going to be included and at least get an idea of what these guys are thinking so if any of them come at me i know yeah, he's yeah. A disgusting animal so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah which is probably 90 percent about 97 in the high 90s in the high 90s yeah in the high 90s <laughs> yeah. but yeah t- touching back on um on uh we'll go we'll go with the cbd thing because Obviously, yeah. I'm a, I'm an ambassador for it now. Um, like my wife, for one, and we'll say my mum, her partner, um, they always say to me, they're like, "But won't I get high taking it?" It's like, no, it doesn't yeah. have any. It doesn't have the THC in it. It's just got the. No. It doesn't have the psychedelicy bit. It's got the good bits. I'm not saying that the psychedelicy bit isn't good because obviously that can help with. To with each uh, their own. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, mental health issues, other sort yeah. of brain cognitive um but i'm like you don't need to be worried about it and then i've had a few veterans and a few servicemen ask me what won't i test positive on the on the piss test yeah for the for the drugs tests and it's like well no most of them will tell you on the label it is like 99.999999 percent free a chance okay. that you won't. yeah yeah there, there, there's a chance that there might be a little bit still in there because so it well, may. what they do is it's it's such a small the way the reason CBD is legal is such a small amount. So if you're doing so, there's a difference between full spectrum and isolate. So yeah. if you're doing full spectrum CBD, there is a very small percentage of THC in there because it does help. It's called the entourage effect, mm-hmm. and it helps the rest of the plant um, chemicals basically. Um, be absorbed by the brain, you know, or the area that you're treating. So it actually helps the absorption. It helps just the entire experience. Now, if you were going to, if you were going to pop on a piss test, you would literally have to chug the whole bottle of CBD you'll be asleep for three days and then you'll pop on your piss test but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but that's pretty much you would have to do, take an extremely high quality that one percent chance then they would use the isolate which is they take the thc completely out and even if yeah. you drink five bottles in a row you'll never pop on a piss test you might just have a stomach ache you know yeah I, we don't recommend that no we don't recommend <laughs> it appropriate on the package i'm just saying what it would take for you to pop on a yeah. test high, you would have to grossly abuse it you would have to grossly abuse it um and then it doesn't have the intoxicating effect so for me as well i also utilize cbd because in my line of work, I can't, I can't use the, the intoxicating portion. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, That's that makes sense. Me, um, I have the med card. I use it at night to help me sleep. Um, yeah. But during the day, it's, it's CBD salves, like you said, for, you know, residual back pain. Um, yeah. And then if I'm having anxiety or I feel my heart being extra fast, I have a, a CBD vape pen, um, non-psychoactive that I can smoke and it, it doesn't affect my performance or my judgment or yeah. any kind of severity. Yeah, I use, I use the the little drops. Um, I tend to. Yeah. I, I took some uh, just before I came out to start the show because I could feel myself getting anxious because 
times, even though I, I started early because I'm an idiot. And I thought I thought I told you 11 o'clock, but I didn't. I was like, I would have thought she'd have been here by now. She's upset. And I was like, let me check my, oh, half past. <laughs> I know I had a well, feeling when you sent me the link. I was like, I hope he's not expecting me right now because I was still uh, driving. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, yeah. So I took some then. I always take it before I go to bed because I find mm-hmm. when, as soon as I lie down in bed, that's where my mind goes, ha, ha, ha. I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to annoy you now because I, my, my brain doesn't like to settle anyway. Um, my, yeah. my, my wife is finds it hilarious i always find something new to do so it started off when i left the military i had to do a spartan race uh, i did that then it was a boxing match mm-hmm. then it was the football match that i've the soccer mm-hmm. match that i've just put on and then she's now said have you finished now but in my head i've got <laughs> i've got i've got more things to do and every time i go to bed i'm like well perhaps i could put on like a, a gala or a or a like a ball or something <laughs> and i'm like i know quite a few people with like little blue ticks on their instagram i, I could get a few people to come and speak and auction stuff off and it's like mm-hmm. i could do that <laughs> and then it's i could do another football match i could mm-hmm. i could get another premiership legends team to come and play us oh i could do it's like oh will you just chill the fuck out Absolutely. <laughs> turn your fucking you brain off for five minutes content. yeah and then, exactly. and, and the other thing exactly. is i've got in my head i want to start up a uh a sort of a mental health sort of charity but it's like where do i start where do i start with that how do i get that going it's like Absolutely. oh it, that's it, a whole nother story believe me i've been down that road too. yeah it's because i see these things on on telly and you've got like mind mm. which is a, a big mental health charity down here um we've got mm. calm we've got a the Samaritans, all these things. The Samaritans are brilliant. I'll, I'll say that because they do actually answer the phone. But a lot of these big charities, they're, they're shit. Yeah. Like they they they're don't answer. They don't answer the. Right the they, they don't unless 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 you have a sexy issue. Then they yeah or or a celebrity we'll say they they ain't they ain't going to give you support. They'll pretend they give you support and then. People will fundraise for them. To say that they're going to give you support. Yeah, but I, I, I had it with a with a good few military charities when I when I first um, actually sought out help for my mental health. I went and spoke mm-hmm. to uh, the RAF Benevolent Fund. I'm going to I'm going to call you out. I'm doing it. I spoke to the <laughs> RAF Benevolent Fund. I spoke to the Royal British Legion, which I will always support the Royal British Legion because what they have done in the past. <clears throat> uh help for heroes is another one all these big charities i've I re- reached out to them and said look i'm suffering with um depression ptsd and it's like yeah okay we'll, we'll send a caseworker to contact you i never got oh, there you go. i never got any of that and i was like well if i had been blown up for example mm-hmm. and i lost a leg then they would be all over it because of course, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to sound bitter or anything like that. But that, that's a that's a sexy injury. That's well, a talk. That's it, a in in those it's sort of terms. That people can see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so, it's something that they can do a photo op for and be like, yeah. "Look, we're this this guy. You can't take a picture of mental health. You know." Yeah, that's because you can't because advertise. yeah, because for example, you could. I I I I'm your caseworker. I've called you in for. 
you, you've got a, a mental health issue and we're going to do a photo shoot and you come in and you look happy you're smiling and they're like well there's nothing wrong with this fucking person yeah there's nothing wrong with him or you, you bring him in and he looks like shit and then it's like well we don't want to make this guy the poster child of our no exactly family. he looks like shit <laughs> yeah. But yeah this guy's fucking homeless it's like well yeah, yeah no, <laughs> no, no shit no shit he's homeless yeah, exactly. and there's fucking too many homeless veterans out there absolutely there's too many right i'll I'll rephrase that there's too many homeless people out there not just veterans and i think to going back to sort of mental health and things like that throughout these last couple of years it's just gone on a fucking upward upward rise it's madness yeah yeah well people are stuck kind of sitting at home with their with their thoughts and they're they're kind of stuck you know reliving things yeah and my, my wife is terrible for this shit, so she has really bad anxiety. She could get a, a bite from a mosquito, for example, and think and think that she, her, her arm is going to fall off or something. Yeah, yeah. Because her, her anxiety goes through the roof, and I'm like, we. <laughs> I was like, if we swap brains, it'd be even worse because you would have my depression and I'd have your anxiety. I was like, our kids, must, our kids must be well fucked up. And you look at them, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're so. My, concern, my, my, right? my, my daughter, my daughters are uh, happy as Larry. My well, my my eldest suffers quite badly from anxiety, but that's because that's a school that's a school anxiety that she has. When it whenever yeah. whenever the teacher says there's a test, her yeah. brain her brain will go into overdrive and it's bad. But if if for example they're just doing a bit of homework. And then she does a, a, a little test at the end, but they don't call it a test. She she aces she's it. She's okay. Yeah. As soon as you say test, it's like the world's just ended. Bless her. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the the real pandemic is is, is, is the real pandemic is this um, the mental health issues that everybody is is got. It's like you said, you're stuck in the house. A lot of people were stuck in the house on their own, especially over like Christmas time and, and things like that. It's like, mm. well, we could all do more. A lot of people say yeah. that they'll do more, but how many people actually do pick up the phone no. or, or, or do a FaceTime? And now, and now you're actually allowed out, go and knock on the door and say, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. How, how's everybody checking in? But, um, but I, no, that's, that's... I got some cannabis. Do you want to share it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's where the sharing comes in. <laughs> That's where the, the sharing comes in. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I see it. at least you, I live in New York city. So, you know, um, that must've been a strange because obviously New York is so compact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the city that never, or the state that never sleeps. I always get that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's a city that never sleeps, but um, yeah, it was definitely a weird experience. It was so weird. It was um, strange to see everything so empty yeah. Um, I still don't take the subway now or the public transportation just because it was a time where you were the only one on it with the homeless population. So it was a very dangerous time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Public transportation and the times that I go in. So now I just take the car. Um, but it was definitely an interesting time. My daughter, who was probably around the pandemic, was probably around just turned five around that time. Um we would hear sirens constantly, obviously during the height of the pandemic and it would give her anxiety, but she's lived in New York, you know, her whole life. So sirens yeah. are like, she goes to sleep to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it definitely was, um, it was hard for a lot of people and a lot of children. Yeah. 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 But she kids, kid, kids, especially kids, especially yeah. but the good thing about kids are they bounce back and they, yeah. 
it's like that my girls they might be similar to yours when on a sunday they they'll get their little anxiety i don't want to go to school tomorrow yeah mm-hmm. oh don't feel well it's like come on do you not think i used to, do you not think i used to do this go to bed <laughs> Um, but as soon as, as soon as Monday comes and then Tuesday, they're, they're happy. It's like because they're playing with their friends, and that's a big exactly. thing. Once you're there, you just got to get them over the hump, and that's that's the kind of thing that I do with my daughters. I'm very open with all of the tools that I learned in therapy. And I would be yeah. like, well, why are you feeling this way? What are you worried about? You do this yeah. every day, you know. And when you kind of take away the fear, you rip the bandaid off for them. It kind of helps them rationalize, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd do that with my, especially with my eldest. My my youngest is she's she's fine. She, she's like <laughs> she's, she, solid. She, she's solid. She's she's funny. Um, she cracks me up daily. But this morning she was on she was on a uh, Facetime to one of her best friends. They were playing uh, Roblox or something. Oh yeah, my yeah. daughter's on. But, but you could you could hear it. she was singing songs like I was like, hey, it's half past seven. Shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, my my eldest, you have to, uh, yeah, we we have to sort of monitor because her brain does go wild. Like last night, for example, use this as a good example. So she made an extra, (laughs) she made an extra profile on TikTok. Mm -hmm. She's obsessed with Stranger Things and she wanted to make a Stranger Things TikTok account that she can edit. And I was like, cool, right, you're, you're also 10. And you really shouldn't be watching it, but that's fine. We'll let you watch it because yeah. I watched it with her. That, that was that was our daddy-daughter time. I used to watch Stranger Things with her and we're, wait, we're waiting for series four. But anyway, um, I was like, but you haven't made it private. And I was like, anybody could come and talk to you on this account. They, they could say they're a 10-year-old boy, but they could be like your granddad's age. She was like, and then her face sort of dropped. Absolutely. And I was like, I went, I'm not doing it to scare you. Well, I sort of am doing it to scare you. I went, I just want you to be a bit more yeah. <laughs> a, a, aware. I was like, because you're, you're very naive. You, you think everybody's just trying to be your friend. You're trying to be viral on TikTok for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But mm-hmm. yeah, but when I first, new- when, I, when I first wanted to check, because every now and then I'll go, oh, let me check your phone to make sure you're not looking at things that you shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Um, being a parent. And I could see that she got a bit, bit nervous because I had her phone. Like I hold my hands up, I do the same. If I give my phone to my missus, I'm like, uh, she's got my phone. Even if I haven't done anything, I'm like, she's gonna yeah. find something. Shit. And then I'm like, and then I start hovering. But, but, but my, um, but my daughter did the same last night. So I was on her phone. She went, okay, I'm just gonna go upstairs. It's like, all right, come down in a minute. We'll have a chat. So she went upstairs and she went, I'm just going to clean my teeth. And it's like, usually I have to tell her to go and clean her teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, got nervous. so she went in there and then it was like she was in bed. And I went, Jess, can you come down? We're having a chat. And she was like, she came down like rubbing her eyes going, oh, but I'm just so tired. It's like, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, so you now you want to go to sleep. I was like, you're not in trouble. I went, if you were in trouble, you would know you're in trouble. Because I've got the I've got the turning of the dad the dad voice I can change it, um, but yeah, yeah. Then we, oh, yeah. Then, but then we had a we had a nice chat and I told her about like just be careful with things like that. I mean I'm happy you having your TikTok profile with your friends. That's fine, mm-hmm. even if they are boys on there. Well, we'll, we'll, At least we'll, they're her age. 
her yeah. age, but yeah. they're, they're, they're her age. They're smaller than me at the minute, so I could still put them in the bin if I need to. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just fuck it. Nobody teaches you this shit. Become a becoming no, a no, they becoming don't. A dad. That's, I think that's something that needs to be taught to kids, especially right now. Oh yeah, they're on the yeah. and everything. It's hard. But, but that, that's one of the things that I want to try and do with uh, the the sort of charity thing that I'm thinking about setting up is is going into not so much about TikTok and things like that, more about the mental health side of yeah. depression, anxiety and things, things that I can talk about. Because I remember being at school and I've asked my, my daughters the same. I was like, do you have people come in and talk to you about that sort of stuff? And they're like, well, so every now and then it's like, yeah. it's sort of something that should be spoke about, especially Absolutely. now yeah. with, with, with things like, especially on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. I've 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 had trolls. I've had haters. I've had people that I thought were friends that had commenting on on the book that I wrote and giving me giving me shit. And it's like I know what that feels like to be targeted and made to feel like shit. Yeah. I went, and especially well, especially for my daughters, because girls can girls can be nasty. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there, you know, and then you, you add in teenage hormones that are going to yeah, yeah. up, it's, it's a deadly cocktail. Oh, minefield, yeah. minefield. It's the minefield, yeah. I, I, I always say, I always, yeah, I always say to my wife, I'm like, you, you might have to deal with that sort of stuff. I went, because I, I'm a, I don't, I don't know what that's like. I went, I know going through puberty for a boy is different than going through it as a girl. I went, but even when it comes down to bullying and things like that boys are different because boys will just do it mainly physically mainly yeah you get the older one that plays in your head a little bit girl very calculated boys are physical they'll Mm -hmm. they'll smash you into a locker or something and have a fist fight and then by the end of the day they're probably best friends because yeah you ended up because they got it out you ended up sticking up for yourself and they thought i respect that well girls will just pick and pick and Oh, they'll cool. destroy you. They'll destroy your self-esteem and, and your whole, you know, they, they do. They're, it's, you know, and then and then you have any comments from boys on top of it. Boys Boy, are yeah. mean too. Boy, boys are mean with, with girls, especially going through changes. Like, my eldest is now starting to, to mm-hmm. develop. Fingers crossed. Yeah. She doesn't develop like her mum. But... <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, she's starting to develop and you can sort of see little bits like certain T-shirts she wears and you're like, oh no, what's, mm-hmm. ha- what's happening to my baby? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a rough one and then you add, you know, maybe maybe boys are showing interest in her and if she doesn't show the same, then the first thing that a lot of them do is they'll cut you down. So then yeah. you have the bullies from the female side and then you have the boys that you know oh you're not that pretty anyway oh you're fat. oh stuff like that yeah and, uh, it creates a dangerous mental health issues disorders yeah of course of course you know? and it's always a strange one with especially with with kids um when you when you're well because my, my my girls are 10 and 8 well 10 and 7 one's nearly 8 um but i always say it's like if the boys are mean to you at the minute that's probably because they like you so it's a it's a difficult one because they tend to be like they'll be more physical and robust yeah. and push you and and, yeah. and things like that. I'm like that's because they like you and they don't know how to mm-hmm. say it because if they say that they like a girl then the boys will go you like girls so 
It's mad yeah, though, isn't it? Exactly. It's mad because I, I think about it now. Yeah. I think I think about it now. It, it was always like, "Why do you like girls?" It's like, ah, because I like girls. I'm designed yeah. to like girls. Why is this a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My growing apologies. up. <laughs> yeah, growing up is madness. Not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the teenagers. No. No, no, I mean mine's mine's about to be seven, so I, I'm I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah, but that, I, I find that it's a very endearing age. That my well, especially my youngest, she's seven. She's going to be eight in February. But she will say she says things just off the cuff. She's very sarcastic. She's very much like me. She's very sarcastic, and basically says the first thing that comes into her head. And I'm like, we were at dinner the other night, and she said something, and I just looked at her as if to go. I should be telling you off right now, but that was that's a hilarious comeback. I'll give you that one. <laughs> they get away with murder when they're funny. They <laughs> yeah. realize that at a young age. <laughs> yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. So here's a question for you. Do you still have a dog? I noticed on your Instagram you had a dog. I do. So my my big boy, he was a Mastiff uh, Pitbull. He passed away in August. Ah. Uh. It was rough, but um, yeah. yeah, he ended up. Yeah, he developed lymphoma. Um, so mm. we we did it. You know, I did my best to make him comfortable. But yeah. um, yeah, I had him. He was. I got him when I first got out of the military, and he traveled with me through everything, and he was my rock. Yeah. It was weird because I just moved into a new apartment in August, and he literally made it up until the week of the move. Um, and he got to see me off into the new apartment, and then the vet had to come. Yeah. Um, I had her come to the home. Yeah. That's so, sad. It's I mean, sad, isn't it? Because I know it kills me. The big dogs never last long. Um, so that's, you know, he went young. He was eight. Eight. That was my, he was yeah. eight. Yeah. Yeah. With the, he, he was a big, he was a big boy. He was a big boy. Oh, um, oh yeah. We, we recently uh, lost our family dog. Oh, I'm so Jerry. Sorry. Jerry. We had him. Ooh, it's either 13 or 14 years. I don't know if he's got uh, to his 14th. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I, I was shocked at my reaction because yeah. my, my brother phoned me on the phone. My brother was distraught because he, the, uh, Jerry and my dad, so it's my dad's dog. Um, they live with my brother um, back home. So uh, my brother was there when, when they put him down. He held him and made him yeah, feel yeah, comfortable yeah. and all that. He phoned me up and he told me, and I blubbered like a fucking baby. And I was like, yeah. I wasn't expecting it. And then uh, I phoned my wife. She was like, what's the matter? And I went, they, they put Jerry down and I was crying. And she was like, <laughs> she went, I've never seen you like this. I went, well, he, he was like my brother. He was, yeah, he's always family. been there. He's always been there. And it was, it was heartbreaking for my niece. So my, he is literally a month older than my, my niece. And she's, ah, and yeah. it, they've grown up together and now he's gone. It's like, oh, he's just so sad. I was, I was, I, I was devastated. But yeah, it's devastating. They break your heart. They break but, your heart. Uh, but now it's quite funny now. Well, I'll say funny. So my wife, we've always said we need a bigger house and, and things like that before we got a, got a dog. But now it's like, oh, I've been looking at puppies. It's like, yes, I'm getting a dog. <laughs> Can't wait. So hopefully, hopefully we get one. Soon. I know. Because we we've got we've got a cat, and as lovely as the cat is, 
dogs are, in my opinion, they're just better because they, they actually want your attention. Where cats are like, oh, I'll come over to you in a minute. But, yeah. Oh. You're freezing up on me, Sean. Hold on. Did I freeze? You I think... froze, but I can hear you now. Oh, that's cool. There we go. Because you froze, you froze in, in a very in a very funny position. Um, I think I think the signal is starting to go, especially my end. Oh, perfect, great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. You're back now. I think it's, I think my unstable perfect. internet connection, most likely. Um, you'll probably find that both my daughters are on fucking Roblox or something, so the internet's yeah, going. Do it. Yeah, the internet's going mad. Or I've got ex extra people in my house or something. <laughs> so uh, just before we finish off, uh, any any other plans for the rest of the day? What are you doing? It's Sunday. The rest of the day, uh, I'm just getting ready for the work week. Um, probably get a little bit of exercise and try to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I along with cannabis, I do do I do like the research and education for um, an advocating society called Cannaware Society. Oh, cool. So I have some work coming up for their upcoming events, um, different things. I'm also in my master's program trying to get my nurse practitioner. Really? So I'm getting ready for school to start in a week. So I got a lot to, <laughs> to figure Let, out right now. Loads going on. No downtime for you. You don't get no downtime. No, well, I'm like you. I can't. The next project's got to be coming, even if I'm not finished with yep. the first one. <laughs> exactly. Best way to be. Keep yourself active until, Absolutely. until you can't be active anymore, I say. That's the human experience. If I'm idle, then I'm then I'm miserable. So just gotta <laughs> exactly <laughs> that is the thing. I, I yeah. find if I haven't got anything planned, or if I don't have an event to be sorting out, or anything like that, I'm just a miserable cunt, like all yeah. the time. <laughs> it's it's like yeah, I I need to be doing stuff. Whether yeah. it's whether it's getting guests on for the podcast or doing a podcast, mm -hmm. it's I got to be doing stuff. Otherwise, okay. yeah. Otherwise, those, those, those dark thoughts start creeping back in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, will you fuck off? Yeah, exactly. You... I'm going to distract myself with a new project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I won't take up any more of your morning. Plus, it's lunchtime for me now. And, it is uh, And I'm fat, so I've got to eat something. So, uh, <laughs> But it's been my honor, my privilege to have you on a have you on the show it's been a fantastic chat thank you very much thank you it's been my honor to be on and thank you for inviting me it's been great it's oh been, thank you it's been fun good, laughs. good well i hope you have a good rest of your day and uh i'll catch you soon all right thank you you too take care see you later